We bring you another episode of Inside the Schooners where we talk to the players, coaches, and front office staff of the Mystic Schooners New England Collegiate Baseball team. Jacob Iron, so happy to be joined by the one, the only, the marvelous 6'8 relief pitcher for the Schooners, Connor Harris. Connor, thanks for coming on Inside the Schooners today. Thanks for having me, Jacob. Looking forward to it. So, Connor, let's before we start into summer, let's start with your spring season. For the Colonials, you were more of a starter. What was that like uh, for them this year? Um, yeah, so I won the, uh, the Saturday job at the uh, start of the season this year and um, started on Saturdays for pretty much the whole year. And it was um, it's different knowing exactly when you're going to pitch um, and as opposed to in Mystic the summer as a uh, relief pitcher, closure, whatever you want to call it, having to be live for almost every game how to stay locked in the whole game and I'm um, just ready to go in. Um, in the spring, it was more of every Saturday I knew I was going to pitch. So every Wednesday I threw a bullpen and I had a whole week routine going into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good. It was good, good spring. Um, we came one game short of making the postseason for the second straight time. So that was definitely frustrating for our um, GW ball squad, but um, a lot of good things to take away from it. Um, trying to look at it in the positive light, but yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely different than, um, relief pitching. That's for sure. And by no means as that you were also second on the team in innings pitch. So this isn't like it was just a small starter role. This was you at one game this season, you went eight innings into that one against Niagara. What is it like going that far into contests and how do you keep your arm and your velocity and your mindset into it, especially as you're starting to wear down? Well, I feel like the, the arm and the velocity part of it comes more into your preparation than the, um, the prior weeks before making sure that you're doing all like the right recovery, making sure that you're getting the lifting in. Um, so that kind of handles itself off the field. But more of the more importantly is the mental aspect of it and being able to stay locked in for that long, uh, being able to uh, like find out what the hitter's weaknesses are and kind of attack those weaknesses throughout the outing. Because, I mean, if you ask any hitter, it's a lot easier to hit off someone when you're hitting off them two, three, maybe four times because you kind of can get used to it. So as a pitcher, you kind of need to realize that and be able to attack them in different ways. I would use my changeup um, predominantly in the first couple of bats through the order, and then I come and use my curveball more. And then the last round, I would use like primary, primary fastball. Or just they would it would rotate throughout the outings, but when you're going through a uh, batting order multiple times, you kind of have to have different plans of attack. So that's definitely different. And also for the mental aspect of it, um, as a starter, I mean, as a pitcher in general, uh, I mean, they're not always going to be fantastic outings. Like I think Greg Maddox once said that uh, there's days you have your best stuff and then there's days you have your worst stuff, but you make your money on the days in between because it's just, Something, something's always going to feel off. Something's always going to feel wrong. You're not going to always be able to put every pitch in every spot. So as a starter, you're doing that throwing 100 pitches. So you kind of need to realize how to make it work. 
and mentally it's tough to be able to stay and be on the mound and have that dominant attitude about you when your stuff isn't as dominant, but you kind of almost need to fake it till you make it because I mean, anyone can read into that from the stands or anyone from a dugout that like you don't have your best today, but if you're kind of poker face the same way throughout and just attacking hitters got the same uh, look about you, same walk around the mound. That's, that's what I found. It's just, huge is just being able to always have that dominant mindset even when you don't have your dominant stuff and then let's transition now over to the summer this year you came up to mystic and playing in dodd stadium so first before we even how has dodd stadium been like for you as a pitcher oh i mean yeah it's awesome um i mean definitely, definitely a big park so that's definitely helpful but um, I just think it's the it's nice to be able to play in stadium, home park, like Dodd, and I mean everyone I think buys into it. Everyone loves the home games. We get there earlier. We all hang out in the locker room, and then you go out and sit in the dugout. Everyone's hanging out, and it's just I think it's just a good vibe, and it's a definitely the definitely the Schooner's home. And then let's bring it in. Like we've already touched upon, you became a relief pitcher and really not just a relief pitcher, but rather the closer in the high stress environment guy, you got that name in that big game, that extra inning win against ocean state six, five, you came in to pitch the ninth and the 10th inning really ever since then, you've been that go-to guy to come in in these close situations. So what about you does not phase you to get into these high stress situations? I mean, you always got to, my dad used to always say, you just got to trust your skills. I mean, because it's at some point, especially when we're at the level that we're at now, it comes down to the work you put in off the field. And if you want anyone else to work harder than you, then when you're on the field, there shouldn't be any nervous, any nervousness from it. Because, I mean, the only reason you're nervous is because you feel like you didn't prepare enough. And I feel like I've never had that um, this summer. So when I, when I come in a pitch, I know I'm going to try and execute my slider the right way, trying to throw my fastball in the right way. And if they hit it, they hit it. But you're just trying to make good pitches all the time, as uh, Coach Long says. And you touched upon it. You've been working on that slider since getting here to the team. So really, how has that development been coming? Been, been coming really well. I mean, I've always wanted to um, find a slider, but I've always kind of stuck with my knuckle curve. And it's just the difference between the curveball and the slider is the curveball. You can almost see it out of the hand a little bit better because there's a little bit of a hump in it just because the way I throw it. So I kind of wanted to add something to my repertoire that had that looked like a fastball for longer and then dove away. So I added the slider. Uh, actually, Coach Trot on our team taught me the slider. And um, now it's developing it. It's just having more trust in it and throwing it. Just like trying to like place it, which is not what you want to do with slider. So I think that with development, I mean, I'll be able to throw that harder and throw it in like any count. So I think that's going to be a that's going to be a, a big weapon for me. And right now, 
pitching lights out. You got a 1.08 ERA as we film this on the off day on Thursday, the 14th. You've only given up seven hits through 15 innings pitched, walk three, strike out 18. Really, it's been a decent summer for you, man. <laughs> really, for the most part. So what is it like for you're a big team guy. There's no doubt about that. You're a team guy through and through. What is it like to come into a situation like summer baseball where necessarily you might know a couple kids, you know, Eddie Micheletti, who is a catcher, who's your big dude, like your man from GW. But however, all these other people for you might be new or you might know them from the conference. Yeah. I mean, it's my, this is my third summer ball experience. So I played in Florida a couple of years ago and then the Oppy League last year. So I've been able to kind of experience the whole like meeting other people um, thing, like meeting other people from different conferences, just like playing with people you don't know. And I think summer balls a thing where you can look at it, you can approach it from a lot of different ways and you can say, oh, I'm really far from home. Um, I, I, there's so much stuff I could be doing last summer. I mean, last night we got back at like 3 a.m., 3.30. Like there's definitely times where like there's people and there's like you can complain. There's a lot. But if you approach it with the way of like um, coming into summer ball, I'm playing at stadiums, all like the prettiest stadiums all throughout New England. Uh, I have a bunch of people who are going to be friends for the rest of my life and just fully buy in. And the fact that I mean we don't have we don't have school for the first time ever. We're not we're not we're not in college anymore. So for the summer, so it's literally all baseball. So I mean, if you come, if you came up to a ten year old kid and you told him, "Hey, uh, you don't have to go to school anymore. We're just gonna you're gonna play little league with all your friends for the whole summer, and we're gonna you're gonna go stay with them, and you're gonna hang out on off days and all hang out with each other." I think they'd sign up in a second. <laughs> so I think you got to approach it with the way that like we're extremely lucky to be here and use this summer to work hard to get better and to kind of develop these friendships that we'll have for the rest of our lives. All right. So we've talked about the baseball aspect. Now let's get to know Connor Harris a little bit better here. We're going to play a little rapid fire. So we've got some off the cuff questions that I came up with before we hopped on here. Are you ready to rock and roll for some rapid fire? Rock and roll. All right. If you could play any other position on the baseball diamond, what would it be? Shortstop. Why shortstop? I don't know. I feel like I can. I feel like I can move pretty well. Actually, I mean, I can't move pretty well. But if I played shortstop, I would learn how to move very well. I feel like I'm lengthy. I got a pretty good arm. I think I can go in that that uh, that hole back there and just make a make a good throw to first. And I just like being like kind of like the center of the field, right at the middle. Six, six, eight shortstop. I liked it. I think we're going to need to see that coach Orby. If you're watching, maybe we can toss him in there. Maybe one day later, yeah, later course. down the road, see how we see the agility on him. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and then funniest comedy movie you have ever watched. Wedding crashers. No doubt. Okay. Crashers, absolute classic. Vince Vaughn is a idol to me. <laughs> and then if you could text someone, Without the person knowing it was you texting them, what would you text them and who would you text? Ooh. I know we're going deep here. Going deep. You could text someone. If 
funny. <laughs> funny. I'm thinking of my ex-girlfriend, but I can't do that. I can't say that on there, right? <laughs> Probably not, but <laughs> oh no, no, what are you gonna do? Um if you could text someone and not and they wouldn't know it was you, that's a great question. How about you um, your ex-girlfriend to start? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'll probably do. I'll probably go, I'll text my ex-girlfriend like a memory or something. That'd be, that'd be a good one. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. And then what when you go to the store, what is that one impulse buy that you seem always come out of the store with? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. We we did see this on a we did see this on a road trip. We have seen him hop off when we were at a gas station to go get a Diet Coke. So no, definitely, definitely Diet Coke. (laughs) I mean, I like. I'd rather have Diet Coke on the rocks. I'd rather have it in a cup. But um, a lot of times, I got you got to settle for the twenty ouncer, uh, the plastic bottle, which is decent. And it's definitely not on the rocks, but it's half decent. So that's what I'd probably go with. All right. And then we understand you're a big karaoke guy. We've seen it on our social media. However, we've never really asked, what is your go-to karaoke song? Brown Eyed Girl, Van Morrison. Awesome choice. I like it. I like. We're going to maybe need to toss that content out there soon. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a lot of long bus trips coming out. I'm sure sure we'll get the mic out. And then what job doesn't exist but should? What job doesn't exist, but should? Um, what job doesn't exist? I mean, I think there would be there would be a sweet job if you could just sit at the beach all day. You had spike ball, and then you had a cooler with all diet cokes, of course. And you could just sit there. You had music going. You were listening to some Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown band. You could catch a good tan, and you could get paid for it. I think that would be a fantastic, fantastic job. I don't think there's too many people that would disagree with you. That that would be a good job to have. Right. I know. Yeah, you're just on full chillax mode. Come on now. Yeah. You're on full chillax mode. Yeah. And nothing then, wrong with that, Jake. No. Nothing whatsoever. And if there was the Connor Harris movie, who would you want to play Connor Harris? Vince Vaughn. Why going back? Going, going back. back. Going back. Yeah, I'll put Vince Vaughn. I think Vince Vaughn um, put him in like a wedding crasher scene. And then like I think he could play really, really good Connor Harris. That's an awesome question, Jacob. You're on fire right now. Fire oh, thank you. Off. Thank you. And then we'll yeah. go deep for the last one right now. Oh, geez. If you could give your younger self any advice, what would be the advice you would give to your younger self? I would just tell my uh, my younger self to enjoy it because uh, it goes by really fast. I mean, I remember being in Little League and just sitting there and just like me and my dad sitting on the couch talking about how like my dream was to be like a Division One baseball player. And all of a sudden you're in high school, all of a sudden college, and I'm going my senior year. And I mean, no one really knows when the last time you're going to play baseball is because usually you don't really decide that for yourself. It's kind of someone else that says that you're not good enough to play anymore. But I think that um, definitely to enjoy it because I mean, playing baseball, meeting people, it's been, been the love of my life. So yeah, I would say definitely just enjoy it. What a touching answer there, sir. Beautiful answer. And we just played rapid fire 
with the one and only Connor Harris right here on Inside the Sooners. Thank you so much for hopping on today, Connor. A little off-day interview, so thank you for giving us a little bit of your off-day today. Of course. Thank you, Jacob. That was an impressive interview. You got, 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 uh, got me going with some questions. Hey, my, uh, that's, what, that's what my job is here. Yeah, I, don't, no, I just don't talk. Phenomenal <laughs> job out of you. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this episode of Inside the Schooners. You can watch our previous episodes. You're just turning on to the series on our YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts from the Anchor app. Thank you so much for watching. Hope to see you out at Dodd Stadium soon. Thank you.